You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of Flash of Steel. I'm your host, Troy Goodfellow, and with me today is the usual panel, Bruce Garrick. Whoa, I'm first today? I don't like being first. It makes me nervous. Freelance writer Julian Murdoch. Is, the, is there a position that doesn't make you nervous? Oh, I, I'm totally going to let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> and freelance writer and blogger Tom Chick. Just want to say, if anybody needs a coffee, let me know. I'll go into the kitchen and, and make you one right now. See, that is why you were last this week because our response to that, and our response that kept stepping under the people's introductions. So, okay, I'm gonna have to no, move that. Let that go and pretend it didn't happen. Kind of like somebody farting at the dinner table in Thanksgiving. Well, there we have. That's not punishment. Last is as good as being first. Okay, I just want everyone to know I'm serious. I will go in there and I'll pull you a shot of espresso from my. Very nice Rensilio machine. Uh, I'm very good at it. I'm not just offering to like go into the break room and pour you something out of the carafe that's been there since 8 a.m. This is like a serious offer horn, uh, for a serious. Troy would now mute you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tom is a coffee snob. Uh, I don't want to spend too much uh, time on Demigod again. We devoted a podcast and a half to it, but oh, Bruce, Tom, oh. and I had a. Oh. Really excruciating experience on Wednesday night with a lot of the crispy gamer uh, guys and Tom. Oh my have, head! I was in the same team as Bruce, and if you could have heard him complaining the entire time, I have to get up in three hours. I'm leaving here in ten minutes. Uh, the countdown. It was and we rightfully so. An hour and a half of that, I imagine, because we went for a good right hour and a half. So we did an hour and a half, ninety minutes of trying to get that up. And, and uh, did so you when ever I started get my countdown, I left. Pardon? No game was ever played. No. You've never, you no game was ever played. See, we've got, over at the Gamers with Jobs guys, we've got probably 20 people a night playing religiously. Five on five, two teams. And they've got like this arcane system now. Like they feel like they've like figured out how to arrange the chicken on trails correctly on the stone tablet so that they can actually get the games to fire. So we've been doing all right over there. But well, there is apparently like, some. Go ahead, Julian. But it, like, what do you know? What the voodoo is? Because I, I think I the voodoo heard about this. the voodoo that we've heard, other than the fact that you may just have one person who screws you. Period. Is to have somebody host the game, and then you open up one slot at a yep. time. Yep. And that takes. It, I mean, we played a game last night that was like four on four, and it takes still half an hour to get that game to fire. But at this least is, it eventually fires. But half an hour gamers is gamers with jobs people. That that's who's that's who's doing this every night. Yeah, yeah. So the, so that name is really kind of a lie. Then <laughs> they, they just don't have jobs at night. That's the difference. They all have day jobs. The half an hour is still too long. To oh my god, it's game. ridiculous. It's this long, this long ridiculous. after release for yeah. us to have to set up a multiplayer game and spend ninety minutes. And you know, we we aren't a bunch of knuckleheads here trying to set up a multiplayer game. We aren't. Well, no, you're you're perfectly knucklehead, but you're just knowledgeable <laughs> knuckleheads. Uh, so, Julian, are all the gamers with jobs folks like in one town or something? No, we're all over the place. I mean, we got people in Europe and Canada and. Asia and I mean it's it's all over the place, but it it it's just you know trial and error and and eventually you get games to fire. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's like waiting for your raid to start and wow or something like that. Except they haven't put Peggle inside Demigod so that you can sit there and do something while you're waiting for Demigod to start. Well, we laid quite a bit of groundwork. We had so the idea was uh, that we would have a four versus four game. Um, with one person taking each of the eight demigods, we would play a game, and then afterwards everyone would write up uh, maybe up to 500 words about their experience, and we would essentially just run them as, as one article on crispygamer.com. Uh, and having played a lot of demigod and understanding that there is some kind of voodoo involved, it can be hit or miss, I made a point with every single person to set aside a time to make sure that I could connect to that person and that we could start a game up. And for all seven people, I connected with them. I started up a game. The game started. I was like, okay, we're good. We meet at this time to play the game. Uh, and I, I, I sort of felt like that would ensure that if I could connect to everyone, everyone could connect to everyone else. You know, I, I told everyone, make sure your system is on a DMZ. Don't even mess with ports. Just get your computer as naked as you can. Uh, and then still, it was an hour and a half. It's it's just it, it's it is voodoo. It really is. I mean, this is the same thing that happened um, and still happens pretty consistently with new Xbox titles. 
that because there is no server and everybody has to be able to talk to everybody, it only just takes one stupid glitch. And it doesn't have to be a, a router, a port, or anything like that. It can literally just be some, like, Irish gremlin sitting in some cable box somewhere that just decides, screw it, you can't play. I mean, it, there's no logic to it at all. Yeah, but here's the thing about the giant disaster that we had. Didn't we just have a big throwdown with Brad Wardell about how it was mean to comment on the issues because if you just would just ask the developer and the developer would tell you, oh, it'll be fixed in a few days, then you could just back that into your review and everything would be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah the clock well, he's certainly taken his licks. Okay. I mean, to, to Brad's credit, he, he sort of knows it's kind of screwed up. And I, I, in a way, wish that we had tried this before Brad came on so that we could have been more appropriately <laughs> cynical. Right. You could have really laid in on him. <laughs> well, I was pretty cynical, and you guys like all told me that I was being unreasonable. Well, sometimes uh, just being unreasonably cynical is not being wrong. You can sometimes right. be right when you're just cynical. So, yeah, well, you, you accidentally were right. I, I have to say, <laughs> we were probably harder on Brad than most other people have been. If I, you know, the interviews that I've heard with him in the last week or two. So, I think we. I did will our say job. though, I do feel like I definitely uh, got this sense that that trying to arrange that game and having it fall apart. So painfully and spectacularly was uh, a bit of a loss of innocence for me, because Aww. up yeah up until that point I had kind of had this feeling like you know what it works everybody who can't get it to work is just some idiot who's not forwarding his ports or who has a slow connection or who hasn't updated his network drivers or, or whatever uh, I just sort of because I'd gotten into plenty of multiplayer games and I've played it multiplayer quite a bit. Have you thought uh, that the whole reaction of everybody who can't get a game to work, that if they can't get the game to work, then it's completely broken and everybody has that problem, and if they can get it to work, then all the people on all the forums are just losers? Yep, yep exactly. And I, I was certainly, right. I, I can't say that I, I was, I'd sort of bought into that mindset that, uh, look, if Demigod isn't working for you, it's a you problem and not a Demigod problem, and that's why that game was a sort of a loss of innocence for me. So, Well, it's it's saying that a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged. So, I will say though, I have played I have played a crapload more demigod, even fighting through all that, and I still think it's just a brilliant game. I really, I mean, I, I still keep waiting every evening for hours to play a couple games because I still think it's just awesome. So yeah. I have a confession to make here to everyone that uh, I, I was considering not saying anything, but I think I'm going to go ahead and just tell you guys. Uh, and take my lumps. So it was four versus four. Uh, Troy and Bruce, you guys were on one team with uh, John Kiefer, one of the, the main guys at Crispy Gamer, and Jason McMaster, another fellow at Crispy Gamer. Uh, I had on my team Kelly Wand, a good friend of mine. Uh, we had... Uh, oh, Rats, who was on my team besides Kelly Wand? I feel <laughs> awful now. Bill Abner. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Bill Abner was on there and trying to Shana, talk up Blood Bowl. Somebody that we didn't know that you you drafted at the last second. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Shana Markham, who was the designer of Demigod, uh, who probably would have done pretty well. Uh, we had a ringer Wait, in wait, wait. Uh, what? Wait. You did what? You're I know. You invited the designer of... you. Wait, 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 wait. So what you did is that you said somebody... Dropped out, so at the last second, you filled that spot with the designer of Demigod. I am guilty as charged. For a game, not only not only is this bad because you were bringing in an obvious ringer who was going to kick the crap out of everybody so that you could then crow, but what, what happened to journalistic integrity? Wasn't this supposed to be like a <laughs> giant... <laughs> this was strictly for entertainment value. I feel uh, that the readers would have been better served by having a trick pulled want. on you guys. Oh, okay, but it would have been disclosed in the article. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, she, yeah, oh, she was okay, definitely okay. going to write up, hi, I'm the designer of Demigod. The Demigod has basically four people credited with the designer. I was doing an interview with the guy who's the lead designer, and I was trying to get him to join us. He was busy that night, but he said, uh, Shana is far better at the game than me. Have her play. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so she was going to write up, hey, I'm I'm the designer. Tom asked me to, to play on his team. Here's how the yeah. game went. That doesn't work because that's like you know that's like all those games where some team wins but there was a bad call so that, you know it should have been a penalty or it should have been a foul or something and everybody says yeah you know okay you know they probably shouldn't have won but in the end they won anyway and everybody forgets that so 
that's kind of the same thing that would have happened if you had tried to like make up for it by uh, uh, you know disclosing it at the end. So that's that's a well, great. I was going to make up for it. You I mean, don't know anything about sports, but uh, clearly you do. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, still, I, I still think it would have won. You still think? What? You still think I you would have won? I still think we would have won. Oh my god, that's really funny. That's cute, Troy. That's really cute. <laughs> we had. Uh, I really did at first try to balance the t- teams, and the guy who dropped out on our team had played like once, uh, and he couldn't even. So get you it kicked him out. You told you changed the time to some time that was not good for him, and then. <laughs> He See, actually legitimately I, bailed on us. He, he was like, you know is, what, I can't play. So This so is just like all the Tom versus Bruce games where like we would play a game and I would win and Tom would be like, okay, that was a good practice game. So let's get a game together now and then we'll play for real. It's kind of like that. It is kind of like that. Uh, that's the effect I was going for. Perfect. All right. Well, now that I'm mad, let's talk about games. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember if there have been any other multiplayer launches as bad as this one. I mean, there have been quite a lot Before of trouble in- online. Yeah. Now, Tom, go ahead and jump in. I know you have something to say. Not really. I was I was basically going to say. Uh, I mean, if if we want to limit I mean, this kind of seems this kind of seems a lot of games have had multiplayer launch problems. I mean, this is Demigod is certainly not unique uh, in the strategy gaming world. A lot of in some games uh, you can't even. Patches have broken the matchmaking. I believe Rise of Nations is one that has had problems with uh, matchmaking in a patch. And a lot of those well, you can attribute to, like, like GameSpy, I think, was notoriously, yes. it, at times has been sort of a notoriously painful matchmaking system. Uh, and then there was, uh, Rise of Legends was in pretty bad shape when it came out, wasn't it? Which I think that was also GameSpy, and that... If I'm not mistaken, some people well, say and, that was... And Steam. I mean, do we remember when Steam first came out? What yeah. a horrible disaster that was for the first, I don't know, eight, ten weeks? I mean, there was like Palace Revolt all the way across Gamerdom. Yeah, Pal- I remember reading about that. I, I didn't have Steam. I, I think I got Steam last week, so... <laughs> well, and these are, for strategy games, too, it's a little bit different. I think people who play MMOs, for instance, are much more accustomed to the Conventional wisdom of don't expect much in the first week. You know, let right. the, let the problems get ironed out. Uh, let players bang on it and let the developers fix it up. Uh, but for real time strategy games, that's uh, and certainly regular strategy games, that's that's just not something that we have to deal with that often, and, and certainly not to the degree that we've had to with Demigod. Right, and and I think that that's partly partly because there are very few strategy games that I can think of certainly sort of the traditional pc strategy game genre that are are truly just multiplayer games i mean i tend to approach all of these games first and foremost single player and then sort of when i feel like i'm not going to embarrass myself horribly you know and step on my own tongue trying to launch the game then i'll start considering the multiplayer which is why i actually find it interesting i'm so into demigod which has such a thin Single player experience. I mean, there's no there's nothing to drive you through single player. It certainly plays a competent game single player. Um, but something like like Dawn of War two, to pick another recent example, I have played very 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 little of that multiplayer, and I've enjoyed the heck out of that game. Dawn of War two. I jumped into a Dawn of War two game over this past weekend, and I'm still rank one, and I was matched against a rank thirty seven dude. You know, one to one. So, Dawn of War has its own different set of multiplayer problems that I think are, are still persistent. You know um, what I do this weekend? I tried to what? play. Uh, what's that game? That one game? Um, I forgot. <laughs> you have to be a little more specific there. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Dragon the, Shard. The, the World War Two game. World War Two. Uh, Battle Cry Three. Company of Heroes. Yeah. Company of Heroes. But the, but the new one, the, the one that that uh, that like Company of Heroes: Tales of Valor. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we tried to get that going uh, um, today, and uh, it didn't work. So now, we'll what specific? Because I've had my own huge headaches with Relic specifically, and and with Company of Heroes lately. What specific problems did you run into, Bruce? Well, I mean, first when I installed it, it because um, I have all the Company of Heroes uh, iterations, whatever the one, and mm-hmm. then the other one, and then this one. And um, I have a Relic Online account that I've had for since whatever, whenever. And uh, when I installed uh, Tales of Valor, it 
brought up my Relic account and it had my name and password and I tried to connect it and it said that I didn't have an account. So then I had to set up another account and it wouldn't let me do it. And then by the time I finally got it to work, uh, I got online and I couldn't see any of the games that were being posted by the friend of mine that was, I was trying to play with. And then he couldn't see any of mine either. So um, we could never connect. And then the game itself was just incredibly like slow and buggy and, and in, the, in the Relic Online. As soon as I connected to Relic Online, everything slowed down and, and got all... Uh, got all um, laggy, but I don't know if that's a problem with my with my connection, although it hasn't been a, a problem uh, in other games, so who knows. But uh, yeah, I spent like an hour and a half trying to play this game, and then uh, we just kind of bailed. So one, one advantage with Tales of Valor uh, is that it lets you just download one complete package, which includes pretty much, and you're supposed to have separate CD keys for the previous uh, releases in order to play them, but it includes Company of Heroes, it includes opposing fronts. fronts, opposing forces, fronts. Opposing it includes fronts. the opposing fronts expansion, which adds the Panzer Elite and the, the British. And it includes, of course, the, the Tales of Valor content. So to its advantage, Tales of Valor is, is a complete single package. Now, I have six computers here at, at my house for on a LAN, but I've only got four copies of Tales of Valor. So on two of the computers, I had to reinstall the basic company of heroes and opposing fronts. That process of, of starting from there without Tales of Valor, Relic has made so incredibly user-hostile yes. in that there is no single patch. There are uh, literally, and I'm using literally, literally here, there are literally like six or seven different patches you have to download. Each one downloads. You have to like click to install it. At some point, as you're marching through this, this procession of patches, it wants to install a peer-to-peer front end. It's called like Relic Downloader or something. Uh, then you have to like reboot to get that running, and then it opens up this little BitTorrenty kind of thing to download additional patches. Uh, and one of the processes it, it corrupted like partway through and messed up the patch, and I eventually just sort of started from the beginning. Uh, in the process of doing this, you have to keep straight what CD keys are on which computer. I ended up getting two accounts banned because I was trying to put, I guess, the wrong <laughs> CD key on the wrong account. So you are clearly are now, out there on the bleeding edge, sir. <laughs> and, and the thing is, yeah, so I'm, I'm like an outlaw on Relic Online. And the two of my accounts, I click on and it says, you've been banned. Go to uh, coh-abuse at relic.com. You know, these are the people to talk to about the bannings. So for the last week, once a day, I have sent an email to this address saying, you know, dear sirs, here's the name of the account, here are the CD keys, here's my problem. Uh, can you please tell me how to address this? No word from them. So I sent the, actually I sent the first email like two weeks ago. For the past seven days, I've sent one email a day to this address that comes up in the dialog box, and I've gotten no response whatsoever. And I'm and shut I out of two thousand. assume you're sort of going in as like, random Joe. You're not pulling out the I'm Tom Chick card. Exactly. No, yeah. No, no, <laughs> no comments to press. I'm not going to their PR department. This is what a normal person would experience when they, when they get an account banned because they've, they've confused the CD keys and the accounts or whatever. You just get the rude little message, and I can't even get into the single-player part of the game because to play single-player uh, Company of Heroes, you have to log on to Relic Online. That's a mandatory step. Otherwise, you can't get into the game. So I just had a huge uh, headache with, with Company of Heroes, and I'm about ready to you know, F those guys. That's, I was so annoyed right. by their patching process uh, that I just bought them on Steam. I mean, I have box copies of Company of Heroes and Opposing Fronts, and I was just so frustrated by the entire mess. I just bought them again. Well, I have the. I mean, I had the same problem, Tom, with the with the downloading and the and the Relic downloader. I mean, you're not excluded from that if you have uh, Tales of Valor, because it wants you to use their little BitTorrent thing. Yeah, because I bought a I bought a uh, a retail copy, which was a mistake, I guess. But uh, you know, I installed it from the CD, and then um, I loaded it up, and it said there's a, a patch that you need to download to play online. It's like 1.7 megabytes, and I was like, oh, great, fantastic, 1.7 megabytes. So I clicked OK, but that's a lie because the what they're saying is that there's a patch. Oh. To 
to download to get you Relic Downloader. And yes. then you have to go through all the, you know, patching stuff. So that was kind of, I mean, that was really sneaky when they told me that they, there was this patch that I had to download to play online and it would just be 1.7 megabytes. And so it downloaded in no time. I thought this is fantastic. And of course I was stupid to believe that. And then it kicks me out of the game, uploads and, or, uh, installs and starts running this relic downloader. And then it, there were two patches, the 2.2500 to 2501 and then 2501 to 2502 that both started downloading at the same time. Right. And, uh, yeah, and that, you know, I had to sit there and wait for all that stuff to happen. And then the game had to patch itself twice. And then I got back, then I got online and then I was unable to do anything. (laughs) And the sad, the real sad part of all this is that Company of Heroes holds up so well. God, it's such an awesome game. I mean, it's an outstanding game. And I'm, I say that as someone who's like sick of World War II and, uh, but it's just so nice and, I really like that game. It's a shame I've that it's played. Like, uh, but Valor. I think that there's there's a there's a, a deeper issue here, which is I think this I think it comes back to this issue of of single player versus multiplayer. I mean, why do you have to be online to play a single player game? I mean, I, I just don't get that. I mean, I understand that iris. I get that, but I, the, it still bugs the crap out of me. And I'm not an sure. anti DRM seller at all. I mean, I really don't care. I just want my game to work. But I just got my Red Ring 360 back and was told that I had to go download 323 copies of new content in order to be able to play Rock Band at my friend's house without hooking up to their network. I mean, it's the same problem, right? We have this problem throughout games that there's now this this assumption, which I used to be fine with, that everybody's always connected. But what if I want to play this game when I'm not connected? I mean, you know, people well, do live right. in the country. Phones do go down. A couple of things come to mind here. A lot of services, Steam has gotten much better than this, with this, are, do allow for, uh, if you don't have a connection, you can play Steam games offline. Uh, and I think it took them a while to implement that. But right now, if I unplug my network, I can get a LAN game of Left 4 Dead, for instance, going just fine on the six computers if I'm not on the internet. Uh, that's not the case with Company of Heroes. They're, they're still, uh, you know, they're not very friendly in that regard. But I think what happened, Julian, with Company of Heroes is the game came out. It did very well critically. Uh, guys who love RTSs like us just went gaga over it. Uh, we gave it five-star reviews and whatnot, and we said very nice things about it. And then it didn't sell very well. And I think it got pirated a lot. I think they were disappointed in the sales. I mean, I think Company of Heroes is conventionally one of those games that it's like a critical hit more than it's a commercial hit. Uh, so, really? and, and, and there's a lot of, and who knows how much of this is just co- the publisher blowing smoke, but I think there's a conventional wisdom that it was pirated a lot. Kind of uh, like Demigod. Kind of like Demigod. And uh, huh. I think you could, you could uh, I remember how easy it was to get a land game of Company of Heroes going with one CD key. I love that. I got one company copy of Company of Heroes, put it on all six of my computers, I used the same CD key. It was very friendly to LANs. If I wanted to go online, then I, that wouldn't work. I think it would, because you could only log online with one account at a time. But I could play LAN games with no problem. And that also means that you could use things like Hamachi to play online. Uh, so I, I think there was a, a huge reaction, and I think an overreaction, from Relic when they released Opposing Fronts, in that you were required to be online to play single player, you needed a single CD key for each copy of the game, even on a LAN. Not only that, and here's where one of my accounts was originally banned, if you had it installed on a LAN, Company of Heroes, and you wanted to install Opposing Fronts, your original Company of Heroes game would no longer work on a LAN using only that single CD key that you originally had. They basically retroactively changed the rules for playing Company of Heroes on a LAN when they released Opposing Fronts. So I think part of what happened with, with Company of Heroes is THQ just kind of freaked out, believing that it had been pirated too much, and that was why it didn't sell so well. And that freakout is basically still in effect. I wonder if we could get one of the Relic Company of Heroes guys on the show to talk about both the games and that design decision. I'm sure I could for the publishers uh, more than the developers, but... Uh, I kind of doubt they would. I'd ask... I'd, I'd, I'd gone that route with their PR folks, and they were a little cagey about it. Uh, so I don't, I don't we, know how. If we had them like get Brad Wardell on also, and they could like commiserate with each other about piracy and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we could Sweet. Just that. Hey, do you think Brad's going to change his mind now about uh, not having copy protection? That's a good question, Bruce. I don't know. 
That's a very good question. I, I think he's on pretty that? blunt about what he is changed his mind about, which is I'm not doing any more multiplayer games. <laughs> he's I don't think that, Brad that twelve times. No third party multiplayer games. No third party said. multiplayer. Because uh, this is the a lot of the network code is the same stuff that GPG used for Supreme Commander, and it worked just fine there. Um, something Stardock did in the front end. I think some people, I, and I only say this, Troy, from browsing around forums, I think some people complain that, that there were similar problems with Supreme Commander. Okay. But that game wasn't so much set up. Like, that game didn't encourage five versus five matches so much. Yeah, exactly. Just that, that tended to be like a head-to-head oh, 1v1 can, game. Could you imagine how long a 5v5 game of Supreme Commander would take? <laughs> well, if you give awesome. everybody five units, it wouldn't have been so bad. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, but I'll be curious to see that will Brad sort of, uh, you know, will his heart stay in the same place when it comes to copy protection and piracy and whatnot? Uh, I mean, it was a loss of innocence for me. Might be for Brad, too. But you were never that innocent. I really was. I was like, you people who can't get Demigod running, it's your fault. You're idiots. You don't know any better. I, that's I, uh, not innocence. That's arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, okay, well, there's, yeah. yeah loss of arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> so weren't we going to talk about good multiplayer experiences? It sounds like we're always... Well, yeah. Well, I mean, let's, what, let's talk about some good multiplayer experiences. I mean, Tom, you and Bruce have played... How long was Tom versus Bruce going? 12 years? Wow. Uh, 15, 50, 50. I don't know. We started in uh, 2003, I think. And we played what? through 2008. That's all? Okay. Yeah. It, it feels just, like it's been 15 it just, years. It just felt so five like ever. So yeah. five years. So we uh, had some uh, we had some really I mean we had some great great uh, games I think I really looked forward to like each month where we would set up these uh, you know Tom basically what would happen is this is this is kind of how the whole Tom Bruce versus Tom yeah because that, that's the first question I wanted to ask how did how did you guys even choose which game to do from week to week well Tom would Tom would send me a um, a set of you know like increasingly uh, you know excited emails about various games that he wanted to play you know he'd send one one email about oh we should play this game. And then, like a few days later, he'd say, "Oh, you know, how about this game?" And then he would change his mind about ten times, and then it would get really close to the deadline, and uh, he would just kind of de facto decide on something that would kind of be the easiest thing for us to get, and that for me to get on on uh, sh- uh, short term, kind of uh, on short notice. And then we would just play. And of course, Tom had been playing it the whole time, so he probably usually chose the game that he was best uh, most familiar with, and then he would win. Yeah, Bruce was really pretty easy to manipulate in that set. He's He was kind of a pushover in that I could uh, just sort of, yeah, just manipulate him with emails and sort of drive home the game that I wanted to play. Uh, that helped a lot. Oh, and well, we started, too, doing it as this earnest, hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, offer strategy advice and tips. Well, that wasn't, we want, that was, that was our, our original pitch was, yeah. because the, the way that actually the whole thing happened was Tom and I were both writing for the uh, Gamer's Edge uh, was that what it's called? Yeah, the, the the part at the end of Computer Gaming World, which was the tips section, that I think uh, Terry Wynn was editing at the time, and we both wanted to do Rails Across America, uh, which, by the way, one of the best games ever. And Terry, I think one of us sent, I can't remember who was first, probably me, we sent an email to Terry, each of us did, and then Terry wrote back to both of us saying, you two guys both want to do this game, do you guys want to fight it out, or maybe you could write the article together? And then... Somebody, probably me, got the idea that we would, you know, do it as a, uh, a joint article where we played against each other and would incorporate the tips into the game, into the into the write up. And um, uh, I think from there, it sort of it originally was the whole. I mean, it ran in Gamer's Edge, and it was supposed to be a tips thing, and then it somehow became something completely different. I'm not yeah, sure part of that. the problem, yeah, part of the problem is that Bruce isn't very good at video gaming, so he couldn't really come up with any helpful tips. Uh, he would write things like, save your game often, and I would email him <laughs> and say, Bruce, that's not very helpful. Uh, and he would he would sort of confess, well, I'm not very good at games, I don't really know how to play them, uh, can we just make up stories about the games? And I sort of thought, okay, that's that's a good idea, let's go with that. Let's sort of write for the entertainment value, and then people, you can sort of be the, the clown quote unquote, and I'll be the the smart guy, uh, and that was kind of our shtick there, uh, yeah. and we did that for for five years before the death of Bruce, Bruce killed. Yeah, yeah Bruce <laughs> was party to killing the magazine somehow. I don't know. No, I got I got bored, so I decided that I would just have it all shut down. But it really was. I mean, 
it, it to to me the whole point of that, and I I think Bruce would actually agree with this. Uh, the whole point of that was to sort of write about the multiplayer experience because games are really just when when you're playing multiplayer, like the, the, at its best, the game is sort of just almost peripheral. Uh, yes, it's just I agree sort with of, you. I completely agree with you. And that's what oh, I so. get at when I say things like like you know everything was more fun multiplayer, which I should sort of qualify if you guys want. But the, the point is, when you're playing a multiplayer game, it's not about the game; it's about the other players. Uh, right. But Tom, you made so a that comment. Was and I'll, I'm going to shut up here in a second, but I just want to make sure I remember this because if I don't say it now, I'll forget, and then and then we'll never bring it up. You made a comment once on quarter to three that I remember very well. You were arguing with Wumpus, I think, and um, so that's not new. But uh, you were saying that uh, you would rather play a bad game multiplayer with good friends than a good game with people you you didn't know with strangers. Ah, yeah. I wish I'd remember to say it that way. And that's I what, totally. If agree. I said that, that's brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't believe I thought that up, but that's I, good. I, I like. That. Absolutely agree, one hundred percent. I, so that I was would rather of... sit here and play Uno with three of my best friends around a table then play the world's best game that nobody's ever gotten to play before with three people I don't know. And that goes, and on, that that, that goes for how, online as well, I think. Yes, yeah. I agree. And that, that just highlights that the game is, in a way, far less relevant than the multiplayer aspect. And ideally, it's with people that you know, that you like, that you have a rapport with. Uh, well, but and that was I, the whole I point. Think that, I think the implication, though, is that the multiplayer... Th- there are a couple of things in multiplayer that have to actually work in order for that to be true, right? You have to actually be able to play the game, right? So point one, right? Because it's not fun to be with five people that you really like trying to play a game of Demigod, right? <laughs> I mean, that's not better than playing with strangers. That's just bad, right? So I think the game has to work. And I think that, that whatever you're playing, however sort of mediocre or, or non-strategic the multiplayer game, I think it does have to have a certain level of interaction. And, and this is a classic problem with like German board games where you end up with games that could be great social games that are pretty light, but they end up being solitaire with five people playing at the same time. And those games actually, I, I that's where I would sort of make the edge case where – you know, those actually aren't all that much fun because then you actually end up playing by yourself and you're too involved in your own solitary game to actually have the conversation with your friends. Well, what game you are think, you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Can you think, Julian, of something computer game related? I, I understand we, I, I understand how that can apply to board games, but can you sort of apply that to, to video games? With a um, specific instance? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is much more of a problem. I, I think, like playing uh, like board games on Xbox Live Arcade, like like Carcassonne or something like that, where where the the level of of interaction is just sort of this mild level of screw your neighbor and not much else. Because I think most video games are pretty good at putting people, you know, in a head to head situation and making sure they interact absolutely. with each other yeah. when it comes to a- multiplayer. Absolutely, because that's the whole point of a multiplayer video game is to actually be able to kill somebody else, right? And that's really the thing. It, it is much more a problem when you're playing sort of the traditional board game model, like something like Agricola, where those games can really devolve into solitaire very quickly. Well, Troy, you and I uh, did a bunch of games, I guess, or about a year ago and before that, before I kind of lost all my free time, but we would kind of regularly get together for some game that... Uh, we would. Uh, I'd often, you know, check my email in the morning, a Sunday morning when I decided not to go to church, and there'd be an email from Bruce saying, I have some time, do you want to meet me on Brett's Beal? I have a new game to teach you. And I always liked that, because I would usually win the first with a teaching game, and then Bruce would kill me every time after that. Um... <laughs> Which just tends to be how these things go. But we played a lot of board games, and some of them were on the solitaire end. There wasn't always a lot of conversation, but there was always just knowing Bruce was there, and he could ask, answer questions, or we could talk about our days, or decry the decline of the Republican Party. You know, <laughs> make for good uh, game table conversation. Um, I think Brett Spiel has done a lot uh, for making board games on the computer. Uh, much more interactive. Right. Yeah. And speaking of pain that people are willing to go through to play strategy games versus firing up a game of Halo, I mean, you can't have much more pain than trying to figure out how to get a game going on Breathspiel Welt. Well, that's that's true, and that's not true. I mean, it, yeah, if you just don't know anything about the game, but I mean, I think if you, uh, I mean, if you know how to play the board game version and you already have Breathspiel Welt, you know, 
installed and and you because firing up Brett Spielwell, it's not that hard. I mean, you just launch. No, no, no it it's the it's the navigation. I mean, it's the world's worst like fundamental menu navigation system ever. Yeah, um, I, that's true. Although they have they did update it very recently like last just, week. Uh, yeah, did they? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's actually yeah, I mean, it's, it, it looks better. It's like kind of like the Lion New Lions logo. I mean, it it kind of looks cooler, but I think it's probably equally as lame. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's not actually any easier to just say, "I just want to play a freaking game of Dominion." Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you, if you knew how to play Dominion, I mean, you can sort of figure that out in like a couple tries. Oh, absolutely, and and, and there's Dominion so many games that are so much better with the computer record keeping. I mean, games like Puerto Rico. You know, you can play a thousand times faster online than yeah. you can in the yeah. world. How much do you guys rely on things like uh, friends lists and little uh, community doodads and stuff? How important do you guys think those are? I don't use them all that often. I mean, I have people who you know, I like know in games or. Well, I think, for instance, I don't know if this uh, German thing you guys are talking about has this, but you know, Steam is very good with friends lists. Xbox Live friends lists. Uh, Demigod even has a little. Uh, they're trying to do with impulse, impulse a sort of community. Steam-like front yeah. end. Yeah, it's a community thing. Uh, I, I I don't know how you play without those things. I mean, uh, otherwise organizing a game is phenomenally difficult. I mean, especially if it's more than just a one-on-one game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I without without a viable community like the quarter to three guys or, or the gamers with jobs group. You know, because let's face it, most of the people on the internet are total asshats. I don't want to play with ninety-eight percent of video gamers. Not to just not to just totally hate on our entire audience, but but truly, Julian I mean, does not speak for three moves ahead. Played, we love have the you internet. Played a pub match of a Halo Three game lately? I mean, you don't want to be playing games with these people on a night-to-night basis. You're not going to have a fun conversation. And that's part of why I ask, because I, I feel that my perspective on multiplayer game is 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 on multiplayer gaming is pretty skewed because I have the luxury of a couple of really nice communities of of friends. I mean, there's the freelance writing community, which is you guys. There's there's quarter to three. There's the the forum. There's a lot of people there. Uh, I have a weekly gathering at my house of people who aren't that good at games, but God bless them, they love playing them. Uh, they <laughs> offer just Tom wins every week. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's great for my ego, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I, I don't really have. I have the luxury of sort of not having to deal with that wading out into the internet and playing against strangers. I have no desire to do any multiplayer gaming with somebody that I don't either know or internet know, uh, right. and I don't have or to at do least that. Have and the I, internet referenced, right? I mean, it's not like I know. I mean, you know, I don't know every one of the 10,000 people that gamer with jobs that happens to be on our Ventrilo server, but I, I generally know that if I join a demigod game with four of them, they're probably not assholes. I mean, there's right. just sort of a self-filtering component. And that, I think, goes to my point before about it's not so much the game that matters as the people that you're with whom you're playing the game. Right. Uh, right. So as long as there's some sort of community there in place before the, that exists before or outside the game... Uh, I, I think that that's, that's crucial to it. How do we get... I mean, a lot of uh, people that talk about going online, they're really afraid of playing multiplayer games online because they expect, you know, the asshats, the teabaggers, or... Is there anything that the developers can do or publishers can do or the online community can do to get people over the hump? Because games are better multiplayer. How do we help people find their friends better? Or make friends or build communities online or have a good multiplayer experience? And yeah, so I would go one further, Troy, like to sort of put a point on your question. Somebody who doesn't have the luxury that we have, how do those guys get into multiplayer gaming? Right, that's where I want to go, right. Well, I I, see, people ask this question all the time, and we get emails all the time on this. and, And to me, it's so simple, because if you are even listening to this, or if you are paying attention on the internet... It is actually not that difficult to find a group of like-minded people who aren't idiots. It's just not actually that hard. I mean, you can go and you can. I mean, how many how many like articles do you have to look to find quarter to three or gamers with jobs or, uh, or or even like some of the groups at One Up or something like that where they're actually reasonably normal people playing games. I don't, I don't think, think it's actually that difficult. That's okay. Be has, generous. Be okay. generous. <laughs> Maybe over at IGN, do they have groups like that over there? I don't know. I'm sure they do. 
<laughs> but but my point is that it's not. I actually don't think it's that difficult if you're paying attention to the gaming community outside of the game. Like if you're reading articles, if you're paying any attention to any forum, there's. I just don't think it's that tough. Maybe I'm just naive. Here's one thing I'd like to see developers do better. I say this as the guy who lost a game of Dawn of War 2 to a guy who was ranked as 37th level versus my one, is that ranking system. I, I think you need to have some provision to randomly jump into a game, and that the game needs to be very careful to make sure you're matched to get some someone who's as good or as bad as you are. Uh, I guess so, but I mean, doesn't that just kind of... Uh, contradict everything we've just been talking about, which is that you're not really going to want to jump into a random game in the first place. Well, yeah, but, but you want to have a good experience when you do. And 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 to be fair, I mean, you look at a lot of Xbox Live games, they have systems like that where there's the whole true score system where they're trying to find out with you know, these systems to make sure that people are well-matched. Uh, you know, theoretically, that all happens. Whatever yeah, you do, I, I ne- never join a game that says noobs only because it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it's always yeah. a trap. I don't really care how good some random guy is because I'm not going to be playing that random guy. I mean, I just am not. It's never going. But again, to that's because you have the luxury of playing with us. Uh, well, but I mean, if I didn't, and I, and I mean, I don't know. I guess I mean it, playing with you guys are like for for example, um, I have a you know obviously um, you know everybody in in. Gaming probably has friends that um, you know they don't see because they're in other cities or whatever, but they knew personally once upon a time. And my circle of friends is all spread all over the place. But you know we get together when we when we can, rarely on uh, Brett Spielveld, and then we sort of hang out virtually and uh, talk. And then oh yeah, we play some game, right? Yeah, and there's exactly. The same, the same guy always wins th- those games, so you know Jeff gets to uh, Jeff gets to win, and the rest of us get to. Um, uh, get to talk to each other. So I guess the point is that if that weren't happening, my substitute for that would not be playing with random people because the point of, the, of that is not playing the game. Uh, it's it's you know connecting with people that I can't otherwise see in person. Right. So right. I, I don't know but that for I really some people, about, right? But, but for some I, people, the point is playing the game, and how can they get I, I into a like but, but from, but from I my like, perspective, that's not an issue. So I mean, if you're asking me from my perspective, then the answer is I don't care about that. Okay, we can refuse you from this particular question. Just this one question, though. I, I think yeah, there I is a there is an issue here that the industry has to address because I think we all address, we all agree, or it sounds like we all agree that in general a great like strategy game is going to be better multiplayer than it is single player. I mean, it's just going to be more fun, even if you're not like the best friends with the guy across the way. Human beings are great opponents, and they can trash talk, and you can have conversations, and and these are all valuable, good things. But I mean, I ran into this guy at church like a couple weeks ago, and had that conversation. I'm sure we've all had where you had the little like quasi handshake, like, "Oh, are you a gamer? Are you a gamer?" And like we slowly came in off the edges and realized we were both geeks. And started talking, and and he is like a hardcore Total War guy, and that's all. I mean, he, he doesn't play World War Two stuff. He just he like keeps his system running ever since the first one to play Total War games. He has never played a single multiplayer game, and to me that was just like sad. Why? I, because he's missing, he's missing so much of of the hobby that he's clearly devoted a lot of time and energy and money to. Uh, that's funny because when I whenever. His- Whenever I have those conversations, like some, it sounds like somebody is uh, uh, like a, a, a video gamer, and they're trying to, you know, sort of like out themselves. I just tell them that, you know, the, that video gaming stuff I heard is for like real geeks and nerds, and then I just kind of move on to something else. <laughs> but you're a bad man. You've established <laughs> this. Well, it sounds like this guy, though, Julian. His, his hobby isn't video gaming; it's it's Total War. Well, I mean, it sounds like he's like he's, he's like one of those strategy. guys who he's like one of those guys who just buys Madden every year. Well, yeah, but he's like a strategy gamer, and he's like, I think, so many guys I know that are like now in their 40s, have two kids, don't have a community of guys that they can play ASL with on the weekend or whatever, and so have come to video gaming because it's a way to have any interaction with strategy gaming at all, and and clearly would rather be playing with a bunch of guys, but just doesn't actually know anybody, and right. and. I, I don't know. I mean, I think the answer we've said is that you need to reach out and look for the communities because the communities are out there and they're not that hard to find and they're not like hyper exclusive. They're not like private BitTorrent sites where you need invitations in order to show up and play a game. 
Also, yeah, part I, of his problem is that he's playing Total War. Who's there's, there's no multiplayer in that. I've, I've I've had conversations with him about that already. So. Nobody <laughs> wants to play Total War multiplayer. Yeah, get him. This get one him guy. Into a I'm game. This one guy I'm working, but but there's so many like him out there that I feel this like obligation towards psychically. <laughs> You're so much better person than Bruce is. I just I want to I think that this would be a good place to tell a story um, that happened to me I guess a couple years ago now um, I was doing uh, I was doing a neurosurgery rotation at uh, at another hospital in a different state. I've already heard uh, this story, so I'm gonna go get a coffee. I'll be right back. Okay, you get coffee. Um, and can you get me some too, by the way, Tom? Please. Yeah, morning. Uh, okay. Um, so. Uh, we're in the operating room, and I'm, I'm not doing the case. I'm just watching uh, on the screen, and um, I'm just standing there kind of in the back, and there's this guy who keeps kind of looking at me from up closer in the room, and, uh, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty noticeable. Like, I, I, this guy keeps turning around and looking at me, and I'm thinking, what you know, what the hell, what's the problem? And um, finally, he turns around, and he walks up to me and says, Are you, do you write about computer games? No way, really? Yes, absolutely. And at that point, I could not think of a place that I would be less interested in acknowledging that, yeah. <laughs> so, so you didn't uh, own up? Well, I, I, the other thing I don't do is lie. So uh, I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and who told you? And he said, well, you know, it's uh, in one of these magazines, uh, you know, computer game magazines. And I said, oh, oh yeah, I, I guess I think I have done, uh, <laughs> done a little you bit of that. You have done. You have yeah. to check with your calendar and see whether yeah. that actually happened. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I and, dabbled in that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, then so he says, you know, I really like that article where you play against that guy and make jokes about it. I think that's really funny. That was, I mean, that was his whole sort of take on it, that he remembers, Tom, obviously, Tom versus Bruce, and he remembered it being funny. And then that was the end of the conversation. And, I mean, I, and I wasn't do... wasn't that awesome? It was, it was great that somebody, like, that I had sort of face-to-face, one-on-one, you know, confirmation that, yes, somebody read that freaking column. But uh, <laughs> an incredibly awkward place to be talking about, you know, uh, you know, online Magic the Gathering or whatever. So I, I'm. You know, here's the difference between me and Bruce. If that had happened to me, I would have invited that guy to shoot club, and he and I would now be buddies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, I was, you know, uh, out of town, not where I actually lived. I was just there for a month, and. Uh, and socially retarded. <laughs> there's, there's, being involved in video gaming does require a healthy amount of, of shame and self-loathing. And I think Bruce probably notches over that healthy amount by maybe like two notches. Uh-huh. And I'm maybe like two notches below the healthy amount. So. I see. Okay. Well, I, wrote, I also wrote, a, uh, I wrote an article for uh, The Escapist couple months ago, I guess now, um, about um, being a, a gamer and, and uh, being a doctor. And uh, I don't know, it, it felt kind of weird trying to uh, explain. You didn't even put your name on that piece, Bruce. Yeah, I know I didn't. It's kind of scary. Um, so you're outing yourself here as the author? Yeah, well, whatever. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I have to go find out what your like pseudonym is now. Yeah. So, doctor, uh, I will just say it. What is your pseudonym now? Uh, so the joke is, so I, my name was Rich Retractor because there's a, a retractor called a Richardson, and when you ask for it in the OR, it's called you just say, "Can I have a Rich?" And so uh, that's a little uh, doctor joke there. So, uh, which anyway. is why doctors aren't very funny. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Uh, but anybody, I mean, anybody that that, that got it, and you can get the little little joke there. So, um, but uh, you know, it's kind of funny because a lot of uh, a lot of friends of mine who are doctors, they, I mean. They play. There, there's a very sort of the, the the group of people that I know. I mean, they all know about video games, um, but they're almost exclusively console gamers. And while it's cool to be 
it's cool to be sort of to know about the games. It's very uncool to be very into them, which I think is interesting. I don't know. On House, they talked about Halo, and I think if it's on House, that's uh, that's, that's it. Kind right of there. that didn't represents that guy, medical didn't, community. Uh, didn't uh, didn't he make fun of that guy for playing Halo? And I think actually that guy ended up committing suicide. Like the character on the show ended up killing himself. Right, like all so Halo 3 players. Yeah. I think that might be yeah, like an implication problem. that Halo leads to suicide. Now, does anybody watch House? Does anybody know if that's true? Didn't that no, character but I pl- kill I've himself? Played, I've played plenty of Halo, and I'm still here, so... Well, it's your time might be uh, your time might be coming. So we'll begin the Murdoch suicide watch. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan, so don't worry. Uh, before we sign off, I wanted to quickly address something that Troy brought up that the rest of us kind of shot down. Yeah, uh, in case you listeners couldn't tell, we were kind of at a loss. We're trying to think of a really good, consistent topic this week because I had a lot of problems in organizing the homework. And one thing I pitched was music, and they all shot that down. We but did ruthlessly. Because is, but because this is this is Tom's podcast, it wasn't actually ruthless. It was more like a cascade of yawns. Yes, but this this is but Tom's can be ruthless. Yes, so. Yawns are ruthlessly. They're ruthless like passively yawn. aggressive ruthlessness. Yes. I'll just do a feature series on music in a few months' time, if I ever finish this map one. Anyway, Tom. But I wanted to – so, yeah, so Bruce and I both sort of brought up, and I think independent of each other, which sort of shows that there's not a lot you can say about the topic, is that if, if the topic was to be music and strategy games, then here's how the podcast would go. Hello, this is Troy Goodfellow. Welcome to Three Moves Ahead. With me today is Tom. Can I get you a coffee? Here's Bruce. Here's Julian. That would be how it would start, like normal. Then Troy would say – Our topic is music and strategy games. Me or Bruce would then say the soundtrack for Emperor of the Fading Suns is awesome. And there would be nothing else for, for, you know, whatever, 50 minutes, however long podcast. Crickets. Crickets. Exactly. And then Troy would say, uh, thank you for being here. Goodbye. And then I would play a rap song at the end. Um, Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, Tom, you had something to bring up. Oh, so I was so after the same day that we sent this email to Troy, basically saying uh, that's a good idea, but I don't know that that would work. Uh, I ended up playing a strategy game that is all about music. It is a strategy game based on music. Now I'm going to open the floor. Does anybody have any guesses as to what I was playing that day? Elite it depends on what you're calling a strategy game. I this mean, is clearly a strategy game. It has hit points. It has damage. It has crit modifiers. Uh, so it has RPGs. like units. So it's training. not. It's not something as simple as Auditorium, which is one of the most beautiful nope. games ever made. Not Auditorium. No. It's not like I'm not trying to make the argument that Rock Band is a strategy game. Right. It's not Elite Beat Agents, which I can't believe Bruce knows about, but he must have just Googled. Uh, it's none of those. <laughs> it's not CPU Bach because I didn't have any hit points. Um, wow. That's a good good call. It has hit points. It has hit points. Is it called? Are they called hit points? Yep, they're called hit points. It has has, has combat. Oh, could this have been? Oh, it it has combat. So it's not one of these rock musician simulators like Positech did one uh, a couple years ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, Rock Legend. I thought was a pretty good game. I have no idea what that could possibly be. Unless you have like an early build of Brutal Legend, in which case I'm coming to your house and killing you. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I don't think that's a strategy game. That's more like an an arcade adventure thing. No, this game, this was one of my favorite games the year it came out. It was the year before last. And uh, I got a build that day of the sequel, uh, which I think is under NDA, so I probably shouldn't be saying how awesome it is. But uh, it's a game called Patapon. Do you guys know Patapon? Oh, yeah. I know of Patapon, yes. Love it. God, I, I love it. So Patapon, it's for the PSP, uh, and it's, it's basically a real-time strategy game where you build up an army, and then you go on little missions, and some of the missions you're just gathering crafting materials, other missions you're progressing through the story, some missions you're trying to fight a boss, some missions you're unlocking new facets of your, your little home base, your city. And during the mission... Uh, it's all about, it's like you're playing an RTS, but instead of drag selecting and getting an economy going, it's all about keeping a beat with the buttons. You're basically this, uh, you're this, you're the supreme patapon, and the little creatures talk to you, and you are playing the drums to drive them on. And there are a few distinct beats, one telling them to march forward, one telling them to stop and attack, 
one telling them to stop and defend themselves. And later, the game starts folding in spells, like spell powers, that require different beats. But right. it's all about, uh, and it's, it's, as a music design, it's just an incredible bit of work, and it's lovely animation. And, and it's quite it's, strategic. The, the whole building your army as you go out into the world is, and like equipping items. I mean, it's, there's a lot there. It's very and you'll deep. find, Julian, they did a lot more. Each Patapon now has its own, it's almost like a skill tree, it has its own little evolution tree yeah, that I've you sort of progress Yeah, I've read about it already. It may be under NDA, but it's all out there. So I'm totally all over it. Yeah, uh, I'm totally. And, I, and so there I was playing this game after having sent Troy an email saying, there's no connection between music and strategy games. You're crazy. <laughs> and then here I am playing this game. And I'm literally dancing around the house while I play this. I mean, this is because it's on the PSP. And it's all about keeping a, a four four beat. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, it, it's something that you hold in your hand, and you you have to tap your foot. And and there's a short leap from tapping your foot to if you're in the privacy of your own home behind the locked doors. There's Playing a short leap between be, be, you, before you're like jumping around, like a little jumping around in the house. I've and, never actually know. jumped around. I do, I do find myself having to nod my head a lot. You know what, Julian? Get up, get up, walk around the house. And you'll find yourself actually dancing while you're playing Patapon. The question that has to be asked then, is this the game that makes it worth me buying a PSP? Uh, no, Jean d'Arc was the game that made it worth you buying a PSP. <sighs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I love Jean d'Arc. No, Jean d'Arc is great, is great, Jillian, but Jean d'Arc requires, and I can't believe I pronounced it that way, isn't it? Jean d'Arc, I don't know. Uh, Joan of Arc requires that you like uh, those little strategy RPGs. And if you no, do, it just yes. It requires that you can hit the skip button really fast. That's all it requires. <laughs> I love the little cutscenes. Uh, I hate but it. But I, I would, I would not that? make a blanket recommendation of Jean d'Arc. And I, I would have made a blanket recommendation of Patapon if it weren't for the fact that I've heard people say, you know, there's nothing to this game. Uh, this, this has no gameplay. You don't do anything. And, oh, and God. I put if in, that's I how put you in feel in about a, a beat hours game. To that thing. But I mean, I can that see. That doesn't mean it has gameplay. It just I mean, means I I'm an s- idiot. That's, that's totally, <laughs> totally, totally possible. <laughs> hey, I got it. I, I, since this is the multiplayer uh, podcast, and this probably won't fit anywhere else, I, I, I want to bring up something real quick that Tom will remember. Um, Tom, do you remember in, well, I just said you would, so you better, um, in about 2000, or I, I want to say 1999, maybe even, remember that big game of. Uh, Alpha Centauri that we played by email for like two yeah years. oh yeah remember that thing I totally do I remember that, how it ended up too how did it, oh yes how you tell tell us how it ended up didn't it end up with Andrew Bubb on his own continent basically running away with the game and everyone losing interest no well, well yes but me. no but what happened was oh. apparently there was a bug in oh yeah played by yeah. email Alpha Centauri that. I don't know, I guess nobody knew about it or, or something, that at the game somehow catastrophically and terminally crashed after the first player was eliminated. Oh, yes, right, because I'd long seen, I might have been that first player, uh, yeah. but yes, I do remember that. Yeah. But that there, game, I mean, I think up until that happened and up until the, the, the fact that the game had become so unbalanced was made obvious by the fact that one player started on his own sort of on a saleable continent, and everybody else is fighting it out. Were you playing um, it with the expansion, the Crossfire expansion? Yep. yep. Yeah, that, 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 that broke the game as far as I was concerned. Well, w- were we, Bruce? I'm pretty sure we were. I, I mean, um, boy, gosh, I, that I don't remember. I don't think, I think we started it before the expansion came out, to be honest with you. Okay, you might have a point. Okay. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I remember that game either, I, I remember that game either starting or ending. I think it started in 2000. The game came out in, what, 99? Okay. So Alpha Centauri did? Something I'm like the that. I thought we'd been doing Tom versus Bruce for 15 years, so I'm no good with the uh, years. With, uh, but so, that sounds uh, about right. Right about I mean, 2000, and it it uh, I think it's it, it started right coincided pretty closely to the at the first very first launch of quarter to three, and then we kind of got people from quarter to three to start that game, and we played it, you know, past the time that that iteration of quarter to three. Uh, became the new iteration of quarter to three, and then it uh, we ran into that bug and it completely fell apart. But well, we couldn't continue. But uh, I mean, that was really great. I really enjoyed having that kind of thing. We you know you get your turn every. It ended up being like every couple weeks at, towards the end. 
Uh, yeah, that's the big uh, problem with play by email games is you eventually, you know, I was playing a Civ 4 game with um, some friends, including Alan Awe, who's quarter to three, and it just, it was going really great for the first uh, two months, and then that's I was probably, games go. Oh, that's strike, how all those games go. Which is, and I've done it with war games too, with some uh, uh, Steel Panther stuff, same thing. Even if, it's, even if it's just two players. But uh, this podcast has convinced me that we do need to do a multiplayer session of the four of us um, and then talk about that. But not next week. Next week we have another topic. We should tease next week's topic. We should tease next week's topic. Okay. How um, you're, we- the, you're the actor, so you should do the tease part. You're the map. <laughs> I already did an impression of Troy opening the podcast. So it's a terrible impression, out. by the way. Nobody believed that was Troy Goodfellow. Really? No. It, was it because I didn't do the Canadian accent? Yeah. I need not, to hire not, a dialogue. Not enough coach. Hobbit. Uh, I think we can we can say that we are we're going to have we're all going to be sort of discussing and reviewing after having played the new game from PopCap, Plants vs Zombies. So oh, yes. next week will be our tower defense yes. in general and Plants vs Zombies in specific. Can we can we podcast. get broader and talk about zombies as a genre too? We cannot talk it? about zombies. No, I hate zombies even more than I hate tower defense. But oh, not, no, not, to, not, to, not to lay anything out ahead of time. Let's not Spoiler. jump the gun here. So, yes. Uh, so, yeah, and then next week will be a very special podcast. Hope to have it up a little bit early to take advantage of uh, the end of the embargo on Plants vs. Zombies. And thanks to the people at PopCap for helping us set this up, and to Tom for convincing people at PopCap that we're a good risk on this. <laughs> well, so, that, that remains to be seen. Say goodnight, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, all. Good night, all. Boss, boss, me! The MX and I be the best. You see the rest, they look delicious.